Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Everything Emoth Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joe Tillery, and I hope you're having a wonderful day, my friends. It is a good one here in Kansas City, and we've got some good things to talk about on the podcast. Obviously, we have the monkey on our back a little bit of talking about the Missouri game. We're going to do a little bit of post-game recap, a little bit of why I think certain things happen before looking ahead to the UCF game with Gus Malzahn and his squad heading to Manhattan for the second time in program history. I'll say this right here and now. This is a massive game. It's going to be huge for the Wildcats. There is no way that you can let this game get out of hand early, especially if you haven't seen the reports. Will Howard, senior quarterback for K-State, may or may not be able to play in this one. Will Howard took a big shot from senior linebacker from Missouri. Tyrone Hopper took a big shot and was limping noticeably in the third and fourth quarter. Chris Kleiman has listed the player as a questionable status heading into Saturday's matchup. And while I know people have been on the fence about Will Howard's performance to start the season off, that's a big loss. That is a huge loss. It's an astronomical loss for the squad. And I'll tell you why. Before I do get into those thoughts, let me tell you this, guys. If you enjoy the show, if you've listened to it before, even if this is your first time and you're just enjoying the overall theme and sound, go ahead and consider reviewing the show on Spotify, Apple Music. I'm more of a Spotify guy, but if you are an Apple Music guy, I won't hold that against you. Go ahead and leave a review or a rating for us. It helps us out immensely. We appreciate it, and it's a great way for you guys to show that what we're doing is on the right track. So that's what I wanted to say real quick. But guys, let me give you a little bit of post-game wrap-up about Missouri before touching on Will Howard, Avery Johnson, and the rest of the squad. Now guys, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I assume you listened to the last episode, but if you did not, basically what I said about Missouri's squad is that they were stinky garbage that could never amount to a win over Kansas State. That is essentially what I said. History be damned, because Kansas State and Chris Kleiman leaves the non-conference schedule with another loss on the record for the third time in five years. That being with losses to Nichols State, Arkansas State, and now Missouri. Obviously, different caliber of program across those three games. Missouri looks like a top 25 team, and it took a superstar performance from Brady Cook, their senior quarterback as well. It took absolute Mahomesism from that guy to win the game alongside a 61-yard game-winning kick that it was an SEC record. The longest kick in SEC football history. That's what it took to beat Kansas State. Flip the script a little bit. Let's take a look at the Wildcats. We did not play our best game of football. We did not look good in this game. I'll tell you that straight up. Now, I may not be breaking news by saying we weren't great in that game, but it should give you slight bits of optimism heading forward. I know that's weird to think about it saying, we didn't play great, but look ahead. Look at what's next. Look at the good things ahead. I made a recent video on my YouTube channel talking about this, and I kind of wanted to bring it up because I got some really interesting responses. The first thing I immediately heard Basically, each week I make a post-game comments, a recap type thing, kind of just talking about what I saw in the game and what's going to change going forward, what needs to change going forward in order to get back on track. That's what I do each week. On this episode, I slipped one comment in there about Missouri, and it lit the sports world on fire for Mizzou fans. I talked about how it took Missouri an A-plus game to beat K-State at a C-minus level. That's what I talked about. And you would not believe, you would think I said that Missouri is the worst team of all time and they're horrible at football and they'll never win another game. The reaction I got from Missouri fans was basically like, this dude is the worst dude of all time. You're horrible. Jump off a cliff. You are awful. That was the immediate response I got from Missouri fans in this one. 100%. They thought I slighted Missouri saying it took an A plus game. 
And all I got were comments saying, this was more of a B game to me, a B-plus game. I don't think it's fair that you say an A-plus game. I mean, clearly it wasn't perfect. So then I tell you this, and I challenge you this way. How was this not perfect for Missouri's side? You give up 27 points to Kansas State, a team that put up 40 on you the previous season and blew you out at their own home stadium. The first score of the game was on a deflected pass that, yes, that was a mistake. If you catch that interception, you're headed the other way. That can give you half a point if, if you want. You know what I mean? You can chalk that up to an A- instead of an A+, if you want, which that was, the, that was the collaboration I had to make with Missouri fans to get away from that one. Basically, all I heard was there's no way that you think Missouri played an A-plus game. This is horrible. Their quarterback, Brady Cook, left the tunnel and when announced, fans booed. They wanted him to get the hell out of town. They booed him religiously, viciously, maleficently, whatever adjective you feel like using. They booed the guy to horrible lengths. And their quarterback, who also was dealing with a leg injury, an ankle injury in this game, goes out there and balls out, puts up 356 yards of total offense through the air, just near 400, combining rushing and, and passing. It took a guy who was questioned as the starter, is this guy actually the starter for our team? Is he going to win us more than five games for the first time ever? This guy just has struggled. Why, why do we want Cook out there? That's the reaction from Missouri fans. That dude put up 400 yards of total offense on a top 15 team in the country. That's an A-plus game, damn it. I don't know what anybody else has to say about that, but that is an A-plus game. Come on. I mean, this guy's at a backup quarterback level in the minds of your own fans to turn the script and take down a top 15 team. That's huge. So that was part of the reaction I got. And I got to tell you, it just didn't make sense to me. I mean, think about that. You take down a top 15 team and the entire fan base hates you because you say it's an A-plus game for them. That's an A-plus game, man. It is what it is. Missouri probably, and I mentioned this in the comments, I'm not so sure Missouri has a better game than this all season. I mean, think about this. Let's run through their schedule. And I know this podcast is about Kansas State, and it's something I just wanted to notify you guys about and talk about because it kind of blew my mind to see the reaction across social media, on YouTube, on the podcast. We've seen a couple of these type of comments. Just kind of Mizzou fans wanting to cash in on receipts, which I get, sure, I get that. I know I said some things where, like, you know, I didn't think that there was any way K-State lost this game. Missouri's schedule. I really think this is going to be the best football game of the season for them. You look across the board. Here's their schedule. They take on Memphis this weekend. I believe they're five-point favorites in that before taking on Vanderbilt in two games that are back-to-back games against the lower tier of the SEC. You know, it's pretty painfully obvious how massive the jump is from the top teams to the bottom teams. 12th-ranked LSU. Nights and day different than the era before with Coach O. I mean, Brian Kelly, everybody thought was going to be, you know, Jesus himself this season and lead LSU back to the promised land. Things have gotten off the rails, but this is the year they're back. I mean, think about that. LSU lost to K-State in a bowl game in 2021. That's not that long ago. Not that long ago at all. That was Colin Klein's first game calling plays for the Wildcats. K-State beats LSU in that one. Then you get Missouri taking on Kentucky, South Carolina, and then number one Georgia on the road in Georgia. You're not winning that game. I'll tell you that right now. Maybe the Kentucky game would be better. South Carolina looks okay. They led Georgia for the most of the game. Then they take on 25th-ranked Florida, 23rd-ranked Tennessee, and Arkansas before the season ends. Here's the thing. Missouri could be really good at football and some type of a sleeping giant, but I got to say, their coach is a dork. The guy does not know what he's doing. I know we beat Kansas State, so this is partially the pot calling the kettle black, but 
you got to understand how big this game was for Eli Drinkwitz. This game saved the man's career. And not only that, as the game's winding down, as the clock's winding down, the offense moves back five yards further because of a mistake. And you can blame either Brady Cook or Eli Drinkwitz for that one, but not having your team ready to go with a game-winning kick on the line to move it back five yards, that's a massive blow. Say Harrison Mevis goes out there and bones the kick. I mean, that's a hard kick for an NFL player, let alone a college kid. Say Harrison Mevis goes out there and bones the field goal. K-State gets the ball first in OT, goes and scores a touchdown. You win and move on. That guy might be out of a job because that is such an egregious mistake that if that kick doesn't go in, it's a question mark for his job. And I'll say this, Missouri fans, you deserve to win. You were the better team that day. That's all I'm saying. It took the best version of Missouri football that we will see this season to beat Kansas State. And we can come back and revisit this take as the season goes on. Maybe this is a horrible take, but boy, do I feel good about it. Moving on here. In that game, we had some massive injuries to the boys, to the squad, which hurt significantly more than the loss does. We lose sixth-year linebacker Daniel Green to a season-ending injury he has done for the year after tearing his bicep. He stayed on the field through the Missouri game just to try to give the boys a little bit. He gutted it out. The last play of the half, he was fine. First play of the second half, tears it. And you saw him favoring it, running around the field gingerly. You know, didn't want to hit anybody with that side of his body as much. Daniel Green, done for the year. Now K-State turns to the first true freshman starting this weekend in Austin Romain. There's injuries to Jake Clifton, who normally would step in here. It's time for Austin Romain. And if you want to be a little bit nervous, I get that, sure. But let me tell you this. There was one player that kept popping up when you asked the question of which true freshman is going to help your team this year at Big 12 Media Days. Everybody and their brother said Austin Romaine. This could be, I'm not going to sit here and say this is a good thing. I am absolutely gut-wrenched for Daniel Green. This is a heartbreaking occurrence for the guy. This could be the next wave of Kansas State athletics through Austin Romaine. I'm not saying he's going to go out there and dominate and be the best linebacker in the country, but there's still some upside to the situation. Nothing at face value. It's going to suck either way. But Austin Romain could be a really good player. That being said, Kansas State will also be without Treshawn Ward in this game. Senior running back from Florida State, Treshawn Ward and DJ Giddens have been splitting carries this season. And while both have been effective, the tandem has been nice to see just as a change of pace. Treshawn really hit his stride against Missouri last week, had some good plays in the rushing attack, while DJ Giddens sort of struggled last week. I mean, it's no secret to say he struggled last week. Giddens is now the solo guy for this week. Treshawn has been upgraded to doubtful. I don't think he's going to go. And if he does, they probably won't force him on the field unless we absolutely need him. But the other player, and this is the biggest situation, I touched on it in the intro, Will Howard most likely is not going to play against UCF. We're going to see Avery Johnson, the true freshman quarterback who everybody is excited to watch. I've watched nothing but this on social media. Avery Johnson comes in in that first game against SEMO, delivers two great drives back-to-back, and you see the upside. You see the flash. You see the ability. The guy has the talent necessary to win games like this. What I have issues with It's not Avery Johnson. I love Avery Johnson, and I think he's going to be one of the greatest college football quarterbacks of all time. I'm going to put that on him now. I know that's unfair of me to do, but I'm putting it out there. That's the type of talent this guy has. What I think we're going to see with Avery is I think he's going to go out there and play well. I do. I think his style fits K-State's offense really well. He's got a lot of that Colin Klein mobility in his game. Will Howard more of a, not even necessarily a pocket passer, but just a, a slower athlete 
Avery Johnson is going to be on the move the whole game. When he struggles, he's going to find plays in the rushing game. He is. Avery's going to be a big piece of that. I think he will play well, but I also think he's going to have some freshman mistakes. I expect some true freshman mistakes. I hate to say it, but I do. You're playing a veteran offensive, excuse me, a veteran head coach in Gus Malzahn that's had wins over Nick Saban in Alabama. I mean, that Auburn team, that's Gus Malzahn. That guy has got some major upside in college football, and he's now taking UCF, a team that's landed four stars week in and week out at every position, it feels like. They also are entering this game with a backup quarterback. Timmy McLean, USF transfer. He did the, did the unthinkable and jumped from USF to UCF. All I can assume is that that's jumping from K-State to Kansas or vice versa. Did the unthinkable with that to join the Knights. John Reese Plumley, who I think many kind of labeled as a dark horse Heisman candidate with his dual threat ability in the rushing attack and the passing game, he's out. He's supposed to be out for the first three weeks of Big 12 play. It's not confirmed, so it could be longer, it could be shorter, but he will definitely be out for Saturday's matchup. If Will Howard can't go, which, in all honesty, I expect it to be this way. I expect Avery to start with Jake Rudley to be the quarterback too, and if either of those guys gets injured, that's where I think Will Howard gets tapped in, if he's needed. If he's needed just to kind of run the offense, get things figured out, that's where Will could step back onto the field. But you've got a bye week after UCF. I know it's early, but in this case, it works out well for the Wildcats. Get Will healthy, get him back on the field. My PSA to K-State fans, and I'm not taking credit for this, but I know it's going to happen every single year. You saw it with Adrian Martinez. Martinez exits for one game, Will Howard comes in and wins. K-State says, to hell with Adrian Martinez, get Will Howard back out there all the time. I would bet all of the money in my wallet, because there is a rational about this fan base. There's, there's some rational fans in this fan base. But the second Avery Johnson hits the field, if he looks good or makes a spectacular play, K-State's fan base is going to turn to Avery Johnson. The margin for error between Avery and Will, it's going to be, hey, get Avery on the field. Will Howard's throwing a pick, get Avery on the field. He won't do that. We need to all take a breath. There is a world where these two storylines can both coexist. Avery Johnson is a dog, plays well, and he's going to be the most exciting quarterback in K-State history for the foreseeable future. But it's also Will Howard's team. It's Will Howard's time. He gives us the best chance to win the Big 12 championship. Those two storylines can coexist. Avery can go out there and throw for 250 yards and four scores and rush for another one. And it wouldn't tell me that he's immediately the guy. It wouldn't. I think that no matter what Avery does in this game, and he could be spectacular, over the moon, incredible. There still should be a little bit of a, okay, let's not stunt the kid's growth. Let's give Will a season and then go from there. If Will comes back, then you have that conversation. Or if he gets injured again. You know, these injuries aren't something that just kind of go away. He was hit hard in that Missouri game. I mean, they were blitzing seven or eight guys all the time. There's a good chance Avery might have to come back in health-wise. But we should all take a breath before pumping up a freshman kid and making him go out there and make a mistake for all of us to say he's horrible. Because I saw it with Arch Manning. Saw it with Arch Manning. And I'm not comparing the two. I think Avery is a better player than Arch Manning. I know that's going to sound stupid to half the people listening. But that's kind of how I feel. As an overall prospect, yes, Arch is the top player in the class, top quarterback, whatever you want to say, Avery Johnson gives you that upside. He does. One of the things you see from Avery is you see positive future updates. I mean, you see things going right in the future for this kid. You see lights, his name in lights. You see all these great things happening to Kansas State football. But you also see that coming at the expense of Will Howard, of sitting out a guy who has waited for his turn and who deserves his turn. Even though Will's hurt right now, this is still his team. And I think Avery would tell you the same thing. It gives Avery the best chance to succeed in the future. 
not to immediately put him in and let him get off and running immediately. Let him play a game, get this experience, learn from it, and then move forward. But you don't have to list him as the starter every single game. You know, that's my biggest fear, is that the fan base turns on Will Howard, gets his confidence down, and then he transfers. And I know Will's not a transferring guy. You know, I'm sure he'd help out Avery where he can, but this feels like a situation that would rob Will Howard a little bit too much for me to get behind, at least right now. I think Will's done enough for Manhattan. He's won a Big 12 championship in the last calendar year. I mean, come on, guys. We're not that far away from that. The fan base went basically from Big 12 championship, we're going to a national championship, great job, guys. Will Howard's going to win the Heisman. We went from that to bench Will Howard and he's horrible and fire Chris Kleiman. That's how fast we went in one loss. That's crazy to me. We all have to exercise patience, guys. I know patience is a virtue and it's a hard one to learn at that. But let's watch and see what happens with Avery Johnson this weekend before we make those remarks. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the Everything Yeehaw podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joe Tillery, and we'll have some great things to talk about here soon in recap of the UCF game and looking ahead as Big 12 play continues. But thank you guys so much for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.